0: wind TV presents. wind TV presents. Hello and welcome to Solwyn's Diamonds of Destiny. I have one of the most beautiful, brilliant diamond survivor guests with us today. Her story was made widely popular by 2017's Wondery podcast called Dirty John and was later adapted into a Bravo miniseries in 2018 and later a Netflix series in 2019. And now she's an author of her new book coming out next week, August 31st, called Surviving Dirty John. Please welcome our lovely gem today, Deborah Newell. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So I just would like to start from the very beginning. There's this fallacy or this myth that survivors tend to come from broken homes or we've had abusive pasts and So we'd just like to go ahead and start from the beginning if you want to share a little bit about your upbringing and your childhood.
1: Okay. Well, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, My dad was a youth pastor along with a um, high school coach, and my mom was a piano teacher along with basically, um, well, she she had four degrees, okay. So um, always going to school, but she was pretty much in the home a lot. And we had about 18 foster kids growing up. And just uh, in my eyes, I thought we had a fabulous life. I I knew nothing else but that.
0: (laughs) Wow. Wow. So you had this really loving environment. You had parents that loved each other and exemplified love towards each other. Then later down the line, did you find yourself entering into toxic relationships and how did that all happen?
1: I think that my dad was such a great guy. So I thought all men were great. Uh, I didn't know any differently. And what happened was I started dating uh, about 16 years old and uh, first boyfriend good guy and then from that point on I probably <laughs> didn't have the best picker or I let them pick me a lot of the time so. Right
0: right in those relationships when you were picking or they were picking you did you ever experience or witness domestic violence and abuse in any of those relationships too? Absolutely. I, um, I think my first serious
1: boyfriend uh, threw me down a flight of stairs. Oh. And it was because I came home from work, walked into my house and he just happened to be there and he had a girl in there. Mm-hmm. And I confronted him, what are you doing in my house and with the girl? And he turned around and pushed me down a flight of stairs. So I have to say that it was shock in the beginning. And then I, we broke up, obviously, after that. But I didn't realize, I just sort of justified it as, oh, he has a bad temper. I didn't look beyond that. I thought, you know, how dare he do this? But what a terrible temper. You know, how could he do this?
0: Right. So. Justifying, I think, Deborah is tends to be what a woman does when she doesn't necessarily yes. understand what abuse is. Mm-hmm. And was it when you're like, aha, I think these are abusive relationships. When did that occur to you? Well, it's interesting
1: because I'm probably way too much of a uh, optimist, and I'm also forgiving uh, to a fault. Where I would think, "Oh, that he has a bad temper, or he's having a bad day," mm-hmm. uh, give him grace, you know, or something along that line. And I didn't really realize abuse. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at it as abuse. I was looking at it as, this guy just has bad temper.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: obviously, the older you get, you realize as you read that what these men or people do is obviously abuse. It can be coercive control. It can be manipulation. Uh, they could just be physically abusive.
0: That's right. And in just as an educational piece right here, um, you know, there is an actual power and control wheel that was developed by the Domestic Abuse Intervention Project in Duluth, Duluth, Minnesota. And I think a lot Uh of people are familiar with that power and control wheel. Um, So domestic violence is actually defined as behaviors used to gain and maintain power and control. Now, John specifically, fast forward to Dirty John or John, um, actually used coercive control on you. Could you explain to us exactly what coercive control is? Coercive
1: control starts out as someone trying to get to know you, not because they want to know who you are but so that at some point they're using it against you Mm -hmm. so they are collecting information about you in order to get control so it first starts out where they're love bombing you where everything that comes out of your mouth they adore they love um, and every word out of their mouth is nothing but how wonderful you are Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon you realize that they're isolating you little by it's a mani- manipulation and pretty soon you're being isolated, but you're not aware of it uh, because they have such a great reason for everything mm-hmm. uh, from, I would go visit my girlfriend and he'd say, Oh, you know, she really doesn't like you. Yeah. And I would think, what do you mean? She doesn't like me. <laughs> and he'd say, well, if you realize that do you realize that you pay for almost every dinner i thought well because she's a little bit broke and you know but he would say well obviously she's using you so this would happen time after time uh where he would just feel like um he could sort of get me on his own or i would go somewhere and he'd go oh honey i really really miss you can you come home And I think, oh, isn't that sweet? He misses me, (laughs) not realizing that it was control. So and then little by little, they're alienating you from your family, your friends. And pretty soon there's cameras. Pretty soon they're in charge of your accounts and trying to help you. You know, I can go to the bank for you. I can go to the dry cleaners for you. I can go get your car fixed for you. And you're thinking, how wonderful, you know, that they're wanting to do all this for me. But what they're doing is they're collecting information. They're putting, you know, they're uh, putting something on my car to track me. They're going into my computer and being able to get into all my passwords. So it's completely manipulation. It's not out of caring and wanting to do things for you.
0: So it's, it's it's control that's dressed up in, oh, I really love you and yes. I'm going to do everything for you. But yes. really underneath yes. it, it is complete control. When was it when you're like, oh, I'm a hostage? <laughs> like, when did you have those... That, that big, okay, I, this, is, this is not love. Well, very, I think they wrong. wait
1: until they really have won you over. Mm-hmm. That um, the one thing about John is he was a master at this. Mm-hmm. He had gotten better and better and better through the years. And the women that he conned uh, literally were very successful, intelligent women. So he knew, what, he was obviously, in my eyes, I think he was after money, oh. because he would go after the success in a woman. Uh, and because he was so intelligent, uh, you are a little bit captured by how intel- intelligent he is. Huh. And to me, that's a little bit of a turn on when someone's very intelligent. But he obviously knew what he was doing and it what it is is you don't notice it right away i would say i noticed it about three months in Mm. and it's after he had put the cameras in my home because again he set that all up somebody Mm. coming in breaking into the house all of a sudden i'm in fear and he's all of a sudden staying there more and more because I'm a little bit afraid.
0: But, but so, three months in, uh, yeah. three, three months in, you're already married, though, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. So we, um, yeah,
1: we were in Vegas and eloped, thinking I'm old enough and wise enough to know what I'm doing, and mm-hmm. same with him. Mm-hmm. I thought. But obviously that would be a red flag in itself. <laughs> right.
0: They they just they literally like you said they love bomb and they put mm-hmm. on this really big facade for a yes. very and it's for a short time. So that yes. they can just, they can get you and yes. and then let's 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 just see love. Let's just marry real quick. Yes. You know, yes. They can't
1: get long. Yes. And then once you're married there is, well, I don't know, but being that you're raised a Christian, you think, oh, I'm committed. I've got to figure this out. And I had failed, you know, before. So it meant even that much more to me to succeed and not want to give up again.
0: Right. Right. And you know, there's plenty of, of Christian women out there that feel the same exact way. And maybe even like you said, have, it does mean more, especially if this husband number two or three, you're like, ah, I got, I've got to get this right at some point. Right. You know, okay. What do we deal with? Are we dealing with, you know, if I leave him and, you know, at this point when you see all this control, there's all of a sudden this fear and it could right. be in a shame, even like a fear of being shamed, a fear of someone saying, well, I told you so, or I right. think God is saying, "Tis tisk." but we just, we want, we so desperately want, right. To, right? And right. women will do everything that they can to make it work before right. they exit. Right. So right. I believe that's all you were really trying to do. Um despite now I, I know obviously your the story goes that your daughters were highly skeptical of John and they were waving the red flags before anybody else. Yes, but you have to remember
1: that they didn't like anyone I dated. Right. So my attitude was, oh, here we go again. <laughs> um and there were some great guys that I dated. Uh so yeah. Yeah. And the way that John treated me, what people don't understand is there was no physical abuse. There, and there was no, um, he was not mean to me. He was manipulating me. Um, So you don't really see it in the beginning. Oh, wow. And I think, and I didn't really learn what I'd gone through. Until Laura Richards brought it up after the podcast had um, been out. And I thought, aha, that's what happened to me. I was coercively controlled by this man.
0: Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, so I think a light went on. And there was all of a sudden an understanding of what he had done to me.
0: You know, when you were actually... In that process of of exiting, you're like, okay, I really have to go. Mm-hmm. Who well, there's always like a support network. Usually, did you have any? Like, who who did you really turn to in that in that time, or did you have anybody? I have some incredible girlfriends, oh, yeah. and I was
1: lucky enough. Um, Susie's one of them. Nancy's another. <laughs> But they were there for me. And they just, they didn't judge. They just loved
0: Mm.
1: and they just cared about me. And I was so grateful for that. Wow. Um, The other thing that was really good is when a woman is in this situation, a lot of them don't work. And so they're trapped, they don't have the funds to leave. They don't, or they have children. Uh, they don't know how to, how to leave. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to have a business to where I was able to go into hiding for seven months mm-hmm. and take a leave from my work. I had no idea how long it would be, but I had the funds to where I could hide. Right. Um, and that's one of the things that I really worry about for so many women is they don't know how. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to get, um, themselves back on their feet, how they're going to take care of their children mm-hmm. and survive. And a lot of them are used to a very nice lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So it takes an average of a woman seven times to leave. Yeah. Same time, four women, at least four women a day, are murdered by their significant other. Wow. So it is, it is, it is just awful of my eyes,
0: the amount of women that have had to go through all this. You know, that is so true. And that's and when people say, well, why did you stay? Why are you staying? There are a million reasons why women, well, first of all, like we said before, the fear. The fear right the control. You're fearing for your life a lot of times. Right. But also in 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 well Fortunate for you, it wasn't in your case, but in other women, other women's cases, they have total control over their paychecks. And they can't easily flee. They don't even have a bank account in their name. So it's it's very, very but I'm fortunate to talk to many women a day.
1: Um and at the same time, it's so unfortunate that they're in a situation they're in but many of them are like I don't know how to leave I don't know what to do and I just say stay connected with someone stay clear of him Mm -hmm. um, as much as you can put yourself in the safest environment that you possibly can and always keep a loved one by your side that knows what's going on
0: yes yes it's that is so so vital so vital yeah. and, and and don't be shamed by that i think even sometimes women feel like once they reach out to someone then it's like okay that's it i'm going to be right. shamed forever cuz right. i'm finally admitting that right. this is right. this is wrong and i i can't do it and yeah. he's it's more than just anger it's more than just mm-hmm. you know it's it's definitely more than that so so coming out of all this so post everything post dirty john you really had to go through just this healing process yes what you know what really happened afterwards did you you know a lot of times survivors they go through ptsd depression all these kinds of things what really did you experience afterwards
1: well um first i was in like i said earlier i was in hiding for seven months so the first thing that you do every day is you're looking around you you're wondering if someone's broken into your home even once john was dead i was still looking around but i think for me my first instinct was right. to protect my daughter, get her healed because of what she the trauma that she went through. Right. So I think I sort of put myself on hold and focused on her. Wow. And the guilt that you go through. Uh, I can't begin to tell you the guilt as a mom because you're supposed to protect your kids. Even though we're Mima raised, you still They're still your children. You still care about them every single day. Mm -hmm. And so getting her healed was number one. I don't think that I started the healing process until I started writing my book. And as you're writing your book, you're having to live through. Um, And I started as a, a small child writing my book. And so you're really peeling back the layers of Mm -hmm. pain that you didn't even realize you had. Mm -hmm. And so each time I would pull back a layer, I think I'd cry that day. And then I think, oh, I had no idea that that was just not, you know, that I was dealing with so much. But so by the time I finished the book, which took about a year, I think I was healed by then. And I prayed a lot about it. Um, ask God to just help me, make me aware. I also felt that God put me in this place. I thought, why have I gone through so many bad men? And yet I think I'm an intelligent woman. I think I deserve a great guy. And I thought, you know what? God wanted me there. He wanted me to be able to have compassion for other women and to be able to have a voice. And I felt I'm so strong. And I know it's because of him that that's why I'm at where I'm at.
0: You absolutely are. You know, Deborah, you you remind me of the story of Joseph in the Bible. So Joseph, even though he didn't necessarily go through course of control, he definitely was right abused, and he he was yes. burned really badly, right. and you know. Uh, forgiving and and did you so my question to you is since I truly believe that all healing begins with forgiveness were you ever able to fully forgive not just John and the whole situation but yourself
1: yes because I went into the relationship 100% innocent just wanting love and I was the victim I am obviously now the survivor but because I went in with such a pure heart um wanting you know love is all I wanted I just wanted love (laughs) I think that um I've been able to forgive myself because i don't think I ever intended to do anything wrong. And I honestly didn't know red flags mm-hmm. until I now know about narcissists, <laughs> predators, um, okay. uh, uh, it. I've studied all that. <laughs> so now
0: I'm extremely cautious. That is so good. That's the big takeaway from it is, is learning more about narcissism, sociopaths and, Uh, and how, how to avoid it and see those red flags. And like you said, giving now you're speaking up, using your voice and allowing for other women to perhaps avoid those pitfalls that you went through yourself. So I really commend you for that. You're so oh, brave to sharing you. your story. Oh, okay. thank you. No, and now you have your book. That's, I that's do. Not, so, <laughs> tell us. Can you tell us a little more about? <laughs> well, the I felt the movie didn't really
1: get into the details, and they changed a lot. I felt the podcast was a lot of other people's opinion without really being in my shoes. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, I need to really tell all the details. There's many details people have never heard. And so I wanted to get into the details from childhood, why I thought the way I pretty much my whole life story. And then what I'm trying to do these days, and then also trying to build awareness by bringing up what is a psychopath? What is a sociopath? Uh, red flags, so forth. So the book really is dealing with a
0: lot of things that we're never told. And that's wonderful. It's going to be amazing. You know, I think there's something to be said about just in writing and something that's really healing with that. I guess if, if maybe survivors aren't necessarily gonna write their book, is that something that maybe you would suggest to them to do for, for their healing process, to journal it out or what would oh, you? Oh,
1: I think it's, it's essential. You're getting it out. You're writing it down. It's not completely in your head all the time, but you've put it down on paper. Um, the name of the book, by the way, is Surviving Dirty John. So um, but I think that anyone that's writing something down, they can actually even take it to their therapist and show their therapist and maybe have them be able to put it all together what they need to do to heal.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I a thousand percent agree. It is something in your like you said the layers that you go through you know our soul yes. we have layers in our soul and oh, yeah. deeper than what you can even imagine and those are the things that that god wants to heal so that later on in your life then you can just prosper in every other area of your life following so i'm just really excited about it now there's something else coming down the pipeline Um, I, I understand you're taking offers for your movie script written by a WGA writer. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So I have this
1: fabulous guy. (laughs) He's written other stories, uh, that has written my, um, written a screenplay. And it's also about my life and what I'm doing at this point. And so we've put it out there. We're excited about it. And we're hoping that it's going to take place this next year. Ooh,
0: I'm so excited. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) This is phenomenal. I'm telling you, I really believe that God has given you such an incredible platform Oh, thank you yes god is really giving you this so that you would be able to speak on behalf of the abuse give a voice to the voiceless and i just i just commend you for that and i well, think from, from one survivor to another um you're just such an inspiration to so many well, thank so, you and so are you Thank you. Thank you. Well, well, I tell you what, I will say this. I believe that what the enemy intended for harm, God meant for good in your life. Yes. And so yes. I'm just so, so grateful for what he's doing in and through your life to affect change in other women's lives. There's just so much. Positive that he's doing and so much good. Um, so we're so thankful. I'm so grateful yes, to God for yes. you. And I hate to close it, but we've run out of time. But Aww. thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining so today. And mm-hmm. um remember, viewers, to check out Deborah's book again. It's called Surviving Dirty John. And it will be available next week, August 31st. So make sure you check it out. It's going to be amazing and wonderful. But uh, thank you again, Deborah, for joining. And until next time, I'm Alana Dela Cruz with Soulwinds Diamonds of Destiny. And remember, when your soul prospers, so will your health, your finances, and your relationships. Until next time. Bye-bye.